was a better body language, a better, better hunger, you know, no complacency. Work rate was, was good on the quality. And, you know, if, if Ryan scores just before half time, you're talking about goal of the season because, you know, Rodgick's run and, and pass was absolutely magnificent. I've got real faith in the players that are coming in. I, I, you know, the squad's been growing and building. We've got a real strong group of players now, and I've got selection dilemmas. Good problem to have. The Goal Radio Football Show with Paul Kinney, Barry Ferguson, and Rob McLean. Have your say. Call 0808 17 17 700. Let's go! Well, Rangers relentless against Hamilton at the weekend. Motherwell get a mauling from Celtic. Aberdeen in the driving seat, beating Hibs in the battle for third. And just three days to go to the battle in Serbia. And Rob, you're going to bring us some news from the Serbian camp. Yeah, it's all a bit confused. Uh, some of the players struggling to travel from Italy, but a couple of them, a couple of key players have got there, a couple haven't. So it is uh, chaos confusion. What a weekend it was in the Premier League. Business as usual, but it ended up, Barry, Glasgow 12, Lanarkshire 1. <laughs> yeah, I, I was lucky enough. I, I got to see both games. Um, regards regarding Celtic sorry I thought the first 45 minutes they were excellent um, kind of petered out a wee bit in the second half Muddle they're always going to put you under a bit of pressure but once they got that third goal um, Celtic were on easy street and Rangers um, they were just ruthless they Ruth- were um, yeah. look, a lot of people are going to talk about how bad Hamilton were but you've got to say Rangers every time they got within 25 yards the Aki's box they look like scoring every single time and I think Hamilton get away with just conceding 8 goals so so they weren't ruthless but they were ruthless you, that, you were about to say that I, I've got the record here I think it's the headline this morning Rob but I can't claim it but yeah exactly it was uh, quite a weekend Celtic answering in the best possible way after yeah. you know the result and the performance Absolutely. against Sparta and Neil Lennon started the day under pressure but uh, they responded and Elianusi all the talk was about him in the mobile that changed yesterday yeah well he was certainly mobile and connected and all other cliches that you could throw into a hat trick for him six goal is seven and six games for him it is now 12 for the season I think those are the numbers you're wanting aren't they from a uh, from a guy who once cost 16 million quid yeah th- that's the question Mark it's always been over him um, but certainly the last couple of weeks he's shown why Southampton did go and pay that 16 million pounds um, and again it was a big call from Neil Lennon he put him in on Sunday there was a lot of obviously people chatting about uh, El Yanusi been on his mobile um, but Neil Lennon put him on the team and he got a hat-trick and I thought he was outstanding but the guy that stood out for me for Celtic was, was Rogic I thought he was uh, the difference that first 45 minutes he looks he he was just stringing things together for, for Celtic he was, he was immense in there That's Barry Ferguson Rob McLean we rotate the squad here at Go Radio <laughs> who's missing tonight is it Simon <laughs> Ferry yeah. where, where is that base suit well he's getting ready for the match tomorrow is he running scared surely not it's Kelty Hearts up against his own Peterhead but uh, where is he tonight yeah he's away they're getting their, their Covid-19 test yep. they're playing um I think it's St Johnson and, and Saturday so they need to get tested that's why Sai's not here tonight so looking forward to seeing them tomorrow night yeah. um, they had a, a bad result on Saturday and so did we um, our first defeat in 26 league games so um, it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight but looking forward to it mm-hmm. You were playing East Kilbride? Yeah, yeah yeah it was a sore one listen it was the old saying they gave me two halves we were we were decent enough in the first half but East Kilbride just pipped us in the second half and they got that crucial goal but listen it was the, the run was going to come to an end at some stage it was just disappointing that happened on Saturday but we need to dust ourselves down and, and try and get a positive result tomorrow 
getting ready for uh, this week and obviously Serbia but there was so much at the weekend we had a great show on Friday night thanks for everyone who was calling in funny how it changes again Rob isn't it Celtic not out the woods yet they're still nine points behind Rangers but they were really impressive yesterday at Fair Park yeah, they sure were. Um, really good performance. Just what they, they wanted. They, they showed a bit of hunger. They showed a bit of desire, uh, as they should in every game, to be honest. But, but it, it, it did. It was chalk and cheese, wasn't it, compared mm. to uh, the body language that they, that they showed in the game against Sparta Prague. And uh, maybe the international break comes around at the wrong time for Celtic because what they want to do is now go on a run. Yes, they're nine points behind. Yes, they've got two games in hand. And yes, if they continue to play like they did yesterday, they will be able to claw back that gap Yeah, well after the game on Thursday the manager came out and, and, and had a go at some of them he criticised some of them so you're waiting I, I was waiting um, and I was looking forward to seeing how the players would respond on Saturday and they came out the traps there's no doubt about it as I said I thought the first 45 minutes that was the Celtic that we know um, they were on top of Motherwell um, and they showed a real hunger and desire which Neil Lennon said was lacking on Thursday night against Standard Liège Excellent no even I thought we were really well motivated I thought we looked far more like ourselves you know so we know we didn't do ourselves justice on Thursday and you know on a quick turnaround the players have responded brilliantly in the right way and it's a fantastic win and performance and I think that was you know the players you know their motivation was high today they know that they can play a lot better than what they showed and you've seen that today and it's not just about levels I still think we can you know make inroads in Europe maybe not qualify but certainly put in you know performances that they're capable of which we didn't do on Thursday so we had a few choice words with them and it needed to be said but they've responded brilliantly and um, you know we looked far more like ourselves you know there's no question that Barry you made changes at the start Edward on the bench uh, and Duffy as well yep and it wasn't standard as you were playing it was Sparta Prague on <laughs> Thursday um, well spotted yeah. yep it, it was big calls from him um, there's a lot been made of how Shane Duffy's performed for Celtic look He's not playing at the top of his game, so the manager made a, a big call there. And Do you think he was maybe relieved, Barry, to be left out because of the way things have been going, just to take stock of, of the situation? Yeah, sometimes it's a good thing. I'd mentioned on Friday, uh, Stephen Gerrard done the same thing with Manelos. He left him out for a couple of games, and when you, you sit back, you, it, it makes you think. Um, and he's watching, obviously, the way things have went. It's not been ideal, listen, he's, there's a lot of players, Rob, have mentioned a lot of times, come up from England, and it's a different game up here. It's 100 mile an hour, and it takes some people time to settle, and obviously Shane Duffy's not settled, but I don't think he's became a bad player overnight. He's just struggled in a few games, but I think it's a good bit of management from Neil Lennon leaving him out on Sunday. He's going to need Duffy, isn't he, because Ayer has an injury. Yeah, Again. that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he is going to need need Shane Duffy, but Shane Duffy himself just just needs to to take stock of the situation, uh, and and I think he probably has. I mean, been taken by surprise about the pace of Scottish football, about the the different requirements of a defender in, in Scottish football, um, and and I think he he probably th- thought he was going to maybe even subconsciously thought he was going to cruise it, and, that, and that's mm. not been the way. So taking him out of the firing line uh, seems like a good idea. I think there are still big question marks about up front for Celtic. Um, yes, Ayeti was involved in that first goal yesterday. Um, but he didn't come screaming out of that Celtic performance, I didn't think, um, as particularly the answer to the, to the striking issue. Odson Edouard came on. Yes, he was involved in the, in the fourth goal, mm-hmm. but, he, but he's still way below his best. Yep. There's, obviously, you've got to give Edouard time. Look, again, he, he is a quality player. He's just not hitting the dizzy heights that we know he can. Yet, on the other hand, I, I was looking forward to watching him. He, he didn't do too much 
um, wrong, I thought, but he just you're expecting a guy to, to score goals. Yeah. Um, and the biggest surprise was Lee Griffiths again not mm-hmm. coming on. Um, I was waiting for him to maybe come on for. How surprised were you? I was surprised, yeah. if I'm being honest with you. Um, obviously scored on Thursday night against Sparta yeah. Prague. I thought he'd done OK when he came on. Um, so that was a surprise. But they, they do need somebody. They need a, a centre-forward who's going to be firing soon. Because yeah. um, it is an important position. And you do look at the, the strikers they've got at the club. They have got real good quality Celtic. I think we have to be really careful when we're speaking about Lee Griffiths though a lot's been said about him in the in the last little while a lot's been said about him for a long long time about the fact he's not playing regularly about his state of fitness and all the rest of it um, I, I just think it's really dangerous sometimes to, um, to, to to be too strong in your criticism of Lee Griffiths unless you know the full story about what's going on with him what his state of, of health is both physical and and, and mental before you start launching into yep. him and asking why he can't play the, the full 90 minutes why he's not being played from the start because Celtic really need him at the moment um, but Neil Lennon is is the man Neil Lennon is right next to him Neil Lennon knows exactly what's going on inside his head he is the man he's the right man to be making that decision I would have thought but I, I just think there's been a lot of crazy things said in the yep. last little while and, and maybe some irresponsible things said unless you know the full story yep first and foremost I think some of the criticism he's had um, has been well over the top and, and personal you're quite right in what you're saying um, I don't think uh, he looks 100% fit but you're never going to be 100% fit with the amount of um, training that he's missed in games that he's missed um, so I'm with you in that I think it's been well over the top um, and he's still listen he, he's still a quality player just surprising that he didn't come on for 15 or 20 minutes um, he came on as I said on Thursday night and he made a immediate impact um, but you're quite right what you say Rob we don't know what's going on behind the scenes we, we don't see him every day he's obviously had these issues and hopefully he's come through them and and it's a welcome break for him as well he's going to go away and meet up with the Scotland squad it's great to see him back in there um, I don't think he'll start but you never know um, but we, I'm just desperate to see a, a fit and healthy Lee Griffiths back playing football again I think we all are that's a good point you make Rob in these Covid times as well is it, I, I think he's right I, yeah. I think some of it's personal and well over the mm-hmm. top and it's we're, affecting a lot of people isn't it, it we're all affected by it you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're all affected by it whether we're star strikers or, or whatever we do and yep. whatever walk of life we operate in um, I think at the moment you know you need to show a bit of extra sympathy and understanding towards people because you know we're all knocked off our game at times at the moment because of of the way it is and and because of his history he definitely uh, need, needs to be shown extra an extra bit of understanding I think until we know the whole story so Rob McLean's throwing that out there Barry Ferguson agrees what do you think 0808 17 17 700 uh, about Lee Griffiths or whatever Celtic fans after that win 4-1 at Motherwell Rangers 8 Hamilton 0 Rangers as you mentioned ruthless Stephen Gerrard yeah the last two times we've played Hamilton here we beat them 5-0 and we took our chances the game that we lost 1-0 we created 31 opportunities and we never showed that ruthlessness or we wasn't relentless enough and clinical enough as you said today we were we had the quality in the final third to open them up and take our chances and we, we maybe could have had one or two more could have had one or two more yeah sure could I mean I was just looking at that uh, 8-0 and I was looking at the Rangers lineup, yeah. and I picked uh, another Rangers team that wasn't that starting 11 so here we go McLaughlin Patterson Edmondson Hillander and Bassey Zungu Davis Kamara 
Hadji, Barker or Jones and Morelos. That's not a bad 11. Wow. And that wasn't the 11 that started against Hamilton. Wow. Yeah, th- th- this is the, the great thing that the manager's got now. He's got selection problems. Um, when when players come in, if he changes it. But again, he made five changes in, in Sunday. And it doesn't look to affect the, the team and the rhythm of the team. Um, and uh, do you know what? I understand what you're saying. That, that could have been anything in, in Sunday. I watched the game. After Rangers kind of sussed out Hamilton the first 10-15 minutes, they came in a new formation. Once they got that first goal, it, it, it was um, it was non-stop attack. It was just wave upon wave of attack. And um, I think Hamilton are just happy to get out there with weight. It could have been 15-16. What did they try and do at the beginning? How did they change? Hamilton. Uh, yeah, yeah, Hamilton came and played with a, a back five. Um, obviously, Brian Rice is want to go and try and frustrate and make it difficult um, and Rangers it took them as I said it took them 10-15 minutes to get to grips with the, the new formation um, but as I said once the first goal went in it was just um, it was attack upon attack for Rangers and every time they, they get in within 30 yards 25 yards of the, the Hamilton goal they look like scoring every single time you mentioned about the size of the squad. The manager spoke about it too. Well, it gives me confidence and trust to, to maybe try it again sometime. You know, I've got real faith in the players that are coming in. I, I, you know, the squad's been growing and building over the last couple of years. We still want to continue that, but we've got a real strong group of players now, and I've got selection dilemmas in every position, which is a good problem to have. The most pleasing thing today was not necessarily the goals or the scoreline, it was the standards. We maintained it from start to finish, which is great to see. He's got that consistency that he spoke about for weeks and weeks, Rob. Yeah, but for that late switch-off in Lisbon, um, it would have been nine points out of nine in the Europa League and a nine-point lead in the in the Premiership. And at the head of it all for Rangers, uh, and yet again, we're going to bo- start boring ourselves talking about him, but, but James Tavernier, another couple of goals from him. And the second one, maybe summed up uh, what is so right about Rangers at the moment and what's so right about James Tavernier I mean there were I think he got goal number 8 didn't he Tavernier that, that, was the, that was the last of the lot so by that stage it's 7 you're cruising uh, Tavernier's already scored a penalty uh, but he's following in he's, he's hungry he wants more and, and he picks up the pieces in the 6 yard box and lashes in a left footer 12 goals for the season absolutely relentless Yep, it's a real desire, Rob. As simple as that. And the manager uses a great, a great word there. It's all about standards. Um, they're not happy when they go four or five. They want to get the sixth goal. They want to get the seventh goal, eighth goal. I love to hear that. Um, and you've seen him on the side of the pitch. He was he was still... He didn't look happy at times um, when Rangers were scoring goals. But it's all it's all about standards. As you, you mentioned the name that I've been mentioning the past few weeks, Tavernier. Again, led by example, another two goals. I know one was a penalty, um, but to be a full-back, and we all know he's an attacking full-back, to be up there as top goal scorer with my, my nephew, Lewis, I mean, that's a fantastic achievement, but it's just no uh, about Tavernier. They're working as a group as well, which is great to see. There's, there's a real togetherness um, and a real willingness to go and take the game to your opponents. Rob, the stats, Barry was talking about them earlier. 14 shots in target for Rangers, uh, none for the ha- Hamilton. 10 shots off target, none for the Ackies. 7 corners, none. 9 fouls, 10 for Ackies. And 2 yellow cards for Hamilton. 77, nearly 78% of the possession, Barry, was, was Rangers. Yeah, uh, th- that's one thing that um, I worry Brian Rice. Um, I-, I felt for him when he was standing on the, the sidelines, if I- I'm being honest with you. He- he's interviewed after the game that... 
he had set his team out to do a certain job and, and quite a, a number of the players didn't do the job that he'd asked um, so that's something that'll be worrying Brian Rice but don't take anything away from Rangers um, as you said uh, I mean it could have been at five or six take your foot off the gas and just keep the ball but no they, they were kept they were waves of attack they were bombing forward at every possible opportunity um, and as I said Eight nothing. I think Hamilton get away with one. And I think I think just when you when you saw the reaction to the goals on the pitch as well, um, that is just a happy squad. That that is yep. players who are enjoying being with each other and playing with each other and delivering the quality of football that they are doing at the moment. I mean, Celtic didn't want the international break because they're looking to go on a run. Probably Rangers didn't want it either because they are absolutely flying. Yep, and it was great to see the new signing, Zungu. Yeah. Getting 45 minutes, I think it was the ideal game, 4 nothing up at half, t- at half time, sorry. Um, get him on and get him used to the environment and his he- players. It's okay being on the training field, but get him playing in the stadium and getting him playing with the, the guys in the way that Rangers do play. Um, so it was good to see him. He- he- it looked as if he was- he's decent. You can't obviously go on too much of that because they were so much on top against Hamilton, but he looks as if he can handle the ball. He's a good size, so... It'll be interesting to see the weeks um, that if he can try and get into that Rangers midfield because that Rangers midfield at this moment in time's a strong area of the pitch for Rangers. So Barry, you were impressed by Zungu and Stephen Gerrard, that new Scotland fan, because he said obviously he's a huge England star, but also wanting Scotland to do well with uh, his players involved. And uh, Ryan Jack coming off at half-time then to give Zungu a run in the second half what do you reckon Rangers fans give us a call 0808 17 17 700 were they unplayable yeah they're playing Aki's at the bottom but the way they played they could have taken on anyone probably at the weekend what do you reckon give us a call now The Goal Radio Football Show Monday to Friday we're here Paul Cooney with Rob McLean I was going to say Cy Ferry, but he's coming on Wednesday night because he's got the big match tomorrow night. He's got the COVID test. He's playing for Peterhead against Barry Ferguson's Kelty Hearts. Looking forward to it, Barry, aren't you? Yeah, looking forward to it. As I said um, earlier on, uh, both has had tough results at the weekend. Yep. Um, and the best thing is to get a game as soon as possible. So look forward to coming up against Cy tomorrow. Good results at the weekend. Seems a long time ago in some ways, Rob. Uh, the Aberdeen... Friday night, Aberdeen beating Hibs 2-0. Yeah, it was, you saw that? Yeah, it was 2-0 going on, maybe 3 or 4. It was uh, really emphatic from Aberdeen, quite surprising. I thought I thought Aberdeen would win, so did Barry, but but um, I thought it was going to be close. I think Jack Ross uh, was pretty devastated in a way with uh, the way it all uh, panned out. But big result for Aberdeen. They're on a good run now, uh, although next for them <laughs> two, in two weeks' time is Rangers at Ibrox, and that will be a test. Yeah, uh- I think that, that's the big test um, look I think Aberdeen will comfortably finish in third place I do I think that De- Derek's got a real good team but uh, I think he would have been disappointed with the cup semi-final against Celtic yeah. and as you say Rob he's got the big test in a couple of weeks coming down to Ibrox and he'll be desperate to show that his team can can try and at least match um, Rangers but I always thought Aberdeen would take care of Hibs um, but Jack Ross I heard his interview really disappointed with his team felt they didn't turn up but Aberdeen were the better team Cosgrove getting back on the score sheet 
Yeah. Um, that's another game under his belt. He's, he's a big player for Aberdeen, Rob. Yeah, he is. The other team I saw at the weekend, it was quite interesting, was Hearts. Uh, I saw Hearts up close for the first time, uh, beating Inverness in the Championship. But just thinking ahead to the Scottish Cup final, and I think most people are, are thinking uh, that's going to be a shoo-in for Celtic. But when you see when you see Hearts and the quality, they, they weren't at their best at the weekend at all uh, in their in their league game. But uh, when you see the quality they have on board, it could be interesting. I mean, they've obviously got an on-form goalkeeper in Craig Gordon, but they've got players like Liam Boyce, Stephen Naismith, both really scored really good goals at at the weekend. Um, It's difficult to see that Hearts team uh, not roaring away with the championship this season. Andy Halliday as well. Andy Halliday as well. Better not forget him. He'll be reminding me that I've left him out. Peter Haring. I mean, you go through the team, Michael Smith, the Northern Ireland international right back. I'll tell you who I really like as well, Barry, is Stephen Kingsley. He was at Falkirk uh, as a youngster. He's he's at a few clubs down south and come back. Um, He looks a really polished player for Hearts. So Christoph Berra was on the bench for them. He's coming back. So they've they've got quality all over the shop. Just some of the names you've mentioned. There, they're, they're, they're Premier League players. Yeah. Let's be honest. No um, I fully expect Robbie to, to do the job this year and, and get Hearts out. Um, and I don't think it'll be easy as people think for Celtic in the, the Cup final. I think Hearts yeah. will give a good account of themselves. I think if you're asking my opinion, I think Celtic will be too strong for them. Um, but okay. you just went through some of the players there. You've got Craig Halkett as well, who are rate highly yeah. centre back. So, no, Hearts, I, I think if they keep focused. It'll be too strong for the championship. And we'll check how Barry and Cy did on Friday night. Uh, you two, Rob, we could only ask a couple of you because you were actually at the match. But Aberdeen, you went for the Dons, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, you did yep. indeed. And St. Johnson against Kilmarnock, 1-0 for Saints. Yep. You got that one? Got that one, you yeah. Did? I went yeah, to yeah. St. Johnson. Yeah. yeah. So, and it was Ross County 1, Levy 1. I think I went have... Livingston. Oh. Did you? Yeah, okay, 1-1. One, one. And St. Mirren 0, Dundee United 0 in the fog. I, I fancied yeah. Dundee United for the mm-hmm. simple fact that St. Mirren hadn't played for, uh, I think it was three weeks. Um, so, I've not had a good weekend. Good that that game finished, Rob. Was, it, was that definitely nil-nil? Do, do we have confirmation in the, in the fog that it was nil-nil? Or was I saw the, the bo- pictures, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took me back to the old Scott Sport days. Yeah, you know? I know, exactly. exactly. Uh, so nil-nil and that one. Motherwell 1, Celtic 4, Rangers 8, Hamilton nil. Taking logia calls. We're going in the lines in a moment. 0808 17 17 700. You can text your message GO plus your message to 87474. And we're on the socials at Go Football Show. Standing by for some calls, Barry? Yep, ready Rob, to go. Here yep. we go. First up, we're going to go to Michael, a Celtic fan, is on the line. Good evening, Michael. Good evening, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. That was more like it yesterday for you? Ah, yeah, it was good Good to get back to winning ways. Like, uh, I think exactly what they needed. They needed to get some goals and goals scored and uh, just get three points and get on with it. Who was man of the match for you? Yesterday? Uh, well, hard to really look, look past. Yeah, when I see, but yeah. um, it was also some, was also some group of. I thought Scott Brown was was probably the best I've seen him this year. I think he he really raised Rose's game from from midweek, and you could tell that he really wanted it. Like you could, Barry, couldn't you? You could tell how much Scott Brown was enjoying that yesterday. Yeah, there was a lot made. Did the, the players want to play for the manager? Um, and the, the key was the start of the game. You could see when Celtic come out. As I said, they come out the traps and. I don't think there's any doubt that they want to play for Neil Lennon. Um, it's just one of these things that's... People are that used to Celtic running over the top of every single team they come up against. They're, they're, they're going through a tough time, but good players always come out on the end, and, and Celtic showed that in, in Sundays. I said, I thought the, the first 45 minutes 
Um, they were superb. They weren't as good in the second half, but you're always you've got to remember you're going to first part. It's a tough place to go. They had a, a few chances, but once um, Muddle scored, uh, Celtic regained it again, and El Yunusi got his hat trick, and they they were convincing in the end. I thought, but the standout player for me was was Rogic. Mm. I do. I, I think when he plays in the Celtic team, Celtic are a better team. I noticed the, the, the heat map uh, sports scene uh, in their analysis did a, did a heat map for Celtic and uh, Callum McGregor who very often in that situation you would see him sitting alongside Scott Brown mm-hmm. and that was much further forward it was you know he was shoved forward uh, Rogic was ahead of him it, it just looked like a much better shape for Celtic but Rob I've spoke many times about Callum McGregor I think you can get a lot more out of him yeah. I like him when he plays further forward and you're quite right in what you're saying um, he did play 10 or 15 yards further forward than, than Scott Brown when he needed to come in and help him he'd, he'd done his job but he was back to the way that we all know he can play Callum McGregor and that, that all bonds well for, for Thursday night because I thought I thought he was excellent as well Yeah, Michael do you agree about that about Callum McGregor yeah, yeah. yeah it was good and he, he set up I think he set up the third goal didn't he the, the header and for El Manusi on the right wing he, he swung it he was the one that swung it in um, I think yeah I think it, it's been hard the last couple of weeks with our midfield I think midfield was getting a lot of sort of was getting a lot of criticism but it's it's really hard to take it's really hard to look past putting Scott Brown and Colin McGregor in the centre and midfield because they, they do a lot of work that you probably don't think about um, those the three in front of them as well with Elmanusi and, and Christy and, and Rod, Roderick is, he's a magician like with his touches are it's just second to none and you just know you've got when, when it goes into him that he's not going to sort of lose it he's that type of player that he, yeah. he can he take a touch he can hold it up and he can pass it off and then he can find that killer ball as well we were, Michael we were speaking about him Tom Rogic's right at the top of the show um, Barry was raving about him uh, I mean he's been outstanding hasn't he in the, in the last few games and it's, it's an amazing story isn't it because it, we don't have to go back very far to the point where it seemed as if he was all set for a multi-million pound move to the Middle East um, maybe semi-retirement in, 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 a football, yeah. in a football sense and uh, he's only 27 isn't yeah, he yeah no exactly yeah. But, he, but he's you know he's come back into the yeah. squad into the team and he's been really dynamic for Celtic yeah I think that would have been a waste of talent going to the Middle East at that age I can see him if you're 32 33 but again he looked if he was he was out of the picture yep. um, he's come back in and you, you see how, how good a player he is technically he, he's very good a lot of people going about he can in last games you heard Craig Moore speak about him last week um, I, I just thought he was a difference and what Michael's saying about Scott Brown even if Scott Brown's not playing well you can't take him out of that Celtic starting mm-hmm. 11 he's so yeah. important in terms of having him there he's he's the only real leader that, that Celtic have got and when he's not in top form he's still got to play for me and, the, and they might need him to, to drag them over the finishing line in, in the course. final analysis this season that that might yeah. prove to be the difference just the, the the guy that can grab you by the scruff of the neck and, and get you there so he was almost at the Emirates is what you're saying but yeah. uh, the, the flight to Qatar rather <laughs> yes. than Arsenal or something because yeah. he looks that kind of player yeah. that could play at a really really high level Michael what's concerning you though you've got a point about uh, the injury uh, well yeah well with Frimpong, yeah. I don't know. At the weekend, I felt obviously he's dropping into a, he's dropping into a back four, and he's he's more. I think he's more designed to be a, a right sort of wing back. But I just sometimes I don't know whether it's because Damien Duff's no longer on the on the sort of on the management side of it, and he was he was a big advocate for 
for Frenpong going forward. It's just it feels that sometimes I think in his head he's thinking about the game more than when he should for for such a young player. He feels like he's getting forward and then he's checking himself, thinking I'm too far forward. Yeah, I need to think about the defence, and then he's turning on himself and he's passing it back, which is he's passing it usually to sort of Christie or or in. Inside and it narrows the game slightly. I think it, how many times do we see last season where Celtic were scoring their goals from making that run? Admittedly, you had James Forrest who would make the run into the byline, byline cross back, tap in basically a, a typical like sort of goal last season. But we tend to try and recycle it a lot more and try and bring it in and then move it out again. And we're just sort of losing a bit of that directness. I know you lose it with systems and stuff, and you can't have everything, but. Sometimes that's just how it feels whenever you're watching them. Barry, what did you think? Yeah, it's one of the it's modern day football. I think when when whether it's a wide player or a a full back getting into that final third, they're sometimes reluctant to, to put the ball in where it hurts into the into the box. And I understand what Michael's saying, um, but I think Frank Pong in time will get better. There's no doubt he's still young, he's still learning. But it just shows you how much they, they do miss James Forrest. He is the one that. Um, does get to that byline and and be direct and get the ball across. So, in terms of Fring Pong, I think he will get better in time. Um, but he's, he's certainly got all the attributes to be a, a, a top class right back. Michael, I, th- I, th- I thought he was going to mention the uh, tackle yeah. on him by Devante Cole. What did you make of that, Michael? Oh yeah, well, it was it, it was it was it looked reckless. I think if you slow it down, you keep slowing it down. It, it is going to look a lot more like reckless, and it just looks like Frank Pong's so quick with his feet, and it, I think he, he was so quick to be able to move the ball out of the way, and Coles couldn't really get his feet under control. I don't think there was any intent in it. It did look bad when you when you slowed it down. I think it's it's harsh on. It, I think you slow it down, it looks like a red card, um, but. The referee doesn't have the benefit of of having. Yeah, it's down I, th- I think, I think we'll, we'll, we'll become we'll become experts when the slow motion starts to run, yeah. don't, and, and we can get about three or four different angles on it. Uh, Andrew Dallas was the referee, and when you see, you know, when you, now you think, well, yeah, it should have been a red card, yeah. but actually in real time, as it was happening, it all happens in a flash. And as you say, Michael Frimpong is so fleet-footed that he just moves away from a challenge very quickly as well. Um, yes. And on reflection it was red card but you can understand Barry why it wasn't given as one at the time yeah when I was watching the game I mean it's a difficult job for the referee the, the pace of the game up here um, we all know it's 100 mile an hour and I, I thought uh, it was a bit late but until we've got the beauty that we can actually slow it slow it down we've, we've got it what, we've got it on the TV and obviously as you say Rob there's three or four different angles and it, it does it is a red card but I, I feel for referees as I said that they've got Difficult decisions to make, yeah. yeah. So and, and I don't yeah. think, I don't think the boy Cole meant it. I don't no, think it. Was, no, I don't think so. Yeah, nah. It's just one of the ones where he's mistimed it, and hopefully Frank Pong's okay. Neil Lennon was asked about it afterwards. He's got a bad one, you know. Um, you know, I'm not in the game to get people sent off, but you know, he's he's high and late. I think to be fair, the Devont he's tried to pull out of it, but. You know he is high and he's mistimed it, and it could be mis- it could be construed as a red. Michael, nine points behind Rangers. Rangers impressive yesterday too. Long way to go. Two games in hand. How are you feeling? Um, well, as, as as much as like I'm, I'm a lot happier that, that we've got the points on the on the board there yesterday, and it was potentially a potentially a banana skin playing going to Fair Park. Like, but um, I think there is a lot of game to play. I think the next sort of. Old firm, well, it's going to be a, a 
it's going to be a big one in terms of deciding what's go, what how it's going to go. I think the way Rangers are playing at the minute, they're flying like it's hard to hard to hard to uh, hard to assess what what sort of the side they'll be like coming closer to the time. And do you think the Celtic players answered the question of are they playing for Neil Lennon? I, I, I do think that the player, like I, I think the play, they are playing for Lena. I think, to be honest, I, I think you, they come into a sort of they lost a bit of they lost that momentum with going into the the, the last the Rangers game. They, they went in with seven starters, basically around about seven starters missing from the starting lineup. Like for any manager to pick up a team and try and win against a Rangers side who were flying at that. At, Flan, all they've done is they've maintained their momentum and they've went into Europe. They've, they've played the same style of football. We've had to change our back four. We've had to change our, our front, our front players. We've had a lot of our teams had to change in the last sort of three, four, five weeks. It's it's difficult to get any sort of momentum in that in that time. So, like. It was always it was always going to sort of be hard to go into that, and once he lost that, it was hard to pick himself. It felt hard to pick themselves up. That the sort of the Aberdeen result that it wasn't good, but Aberdeen's not an easy place. I know we went nope. and beat them in the cup and stuff, but I just think I think Celtic fans are well, all sort of firm fans are that they're, they're very quick to sort of jump on it and stuff, but. It hasn't been good. It hasn't wasn't good enough on Thursday. No, it, certainly. We, <laughs> we're, we're only on for two hours, then, Michael, and that we don't have enough time to go back on Thursday. But listen, thanks for calling, Michael. We'll speak to you again in the coming weeks. Cheers. Thanks very much. Go Radio Football Show. Waking up at Glasgow and the West. At home, sometimes you can just be a bit like, "What we're going to watch?" I know you've been watching for last week and a half. What's that? Like the old CNN and Fox. And oh my goodness! By the way, I have never really watched CNN, right? But the the, the news anchors on that—it's just. Gripping. <laughs> Did you just say that? The news anchors are gripping. I tell you right now, it's gripping. Uh, it was gripping. TV news. I'll tell you one thing: the news anchors are no gripping as CNN. Me <laughs> up their game. <laughs> Go radio breakfast with Crofty, Adele, and Grado weekdays when you wake up. Go radio. Let's go. Paul Cooney. Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson, the Go Radio Football Show Monday night. And Sai will be with us again on Wednesday. They're playing tomorrow night, of course, Peter Head up against Barry's Kelty Hearts. We'll be with you all the way through the week. And on Thursday, counting down to Scotland playing in Serbia. Rob, such a huge match. I see they've been training today in the fog of Scotland through Orium there in Edinburgh. Um, but some news for Scotland. A couple of the players over the weekend had to pull out. Yeah, Ryan Fraser is out. Uh, Newcastle United midfielder these days. And Grant Hanley the Norwich City captain uh, he's pulled out of the squad as well I don't think that's a, a big deal I'm not sure he would have featured Grant Hanley in any of the, the games uh, Ryan Fraser certainly would have done um, probably from the start against uh, Serbia on Thursday so that is a, that is a big blow uh, <laughs> maybe it makes our mind up about what the what the team should be uh, for Thursday night Barry because he was certainly in your team wasn't he? Yeah I mean you're saying a big blow it's a, a major blow for me I, I thought he was excellent yeah. um, last month in the games um, playing through the middle which he admitted yourself he hadn't done before but I thought him and Dyke struck up a real good partnership um, so yeah it was disappointing news to get get that through so I'm, I might have to go and change my team again I would probably bet that he'll, he'll put an extra midfielder in there instead does, of does that Ryan. mean uh, one Ryan out and one Ryan in Chris, yes. Christy to play off Dykes with uh, Jack McGregor and McGinn as the midfield three yep 
you've read my, my mind, Rob. Well, we'll be working too long <laughs> together. <laughs> Let us share in it. You have to tell us. You got it right. Well done. Yep, spot on. Yep. 0808 17 17 700. We're going to go to Cami in just a second or two. Let's hear from Stephen Jarrett speaking about the internationals coming up. I trust my medical staff here a lot and I also have trust that, you know, international teams will look after the players. As a manager, you're always slightly concerned, you know, we've got a lot of internationals going away and we've got big fixtures when we come back, but we're really pleased and proud to send them off. We just hope that they get looked after and sent back in the same, you know, it's football, stuff happens and, and situations happen, we'll just have to adapt as and when and if. Covid wasn't kind to Celtic uh, in October, Rob, and uh, Rangers hoping for nothing like that for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's affecting everything. And you've, we've just been talking about Scotland and Serbia. It's been affecting uh, the Serbian side as well. Quite a few of their players, Italian-based. And uh, a couple of them were Alexander Kolar of X-Man City. Of course, he uh, Italian-based. And, and Sergei Milankovic-Savic, two really big players who we were starting to think might not be playing against Scotland on Thursday uh, because they wouldn't travel from Italy. The bad news is they've reached the Serbian uh, training camp. So they are there. There's another couple who are Italy-based, Milan. Milankovic and Vlahovic um, they, there is a, a question mark over them at the moment um, but yeah I mean the, the whole Covid situation um, it, it gets everywhere and you, uh, you never quite know until you've got your squad uh, together in training camp It must be a worry for the, uh, the managers um, when there's a certain amount of their players go away in international break Paul, you just mentioned there, look what happened to Celtic a few weeks back. Um, so that will be a, a slight concern at the back of Stephen Gerrard's um, mind. Um, the way that Rangers are going, everything's all rosy just now. All the players are playing at the top of their game. So it will be a concern. But listen, he, he mentions it there. He, he trusts his med- medical team. He trusts the international um, medical team. So he just needs to hope that no player comes back affected. Cammy, a Rangers fan, is on the line from Canvas Lang. Good evening, Cammy. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Uh, good. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm very well after yesterday's result. Yeah. Did you have enough fingers just about to get there? It could have been, we were saying earlier, it could have been well over 10, couldn't it? 10 to 15 goals. Yeah, I was, I was, I was hoping for 10. I think it would be quite nice to see 10, but I'm just happy we kept an all clean sheet. I think that was one of the most important things. You didn't think you'd be talking about 10, did you? No. <laughs> In a positive way, yeah. <laughs> So, so what was standout for you about Rangers? Well, it was just something I wanted to ask Barry, actually, of what he thinks his best starting 11 is. Because for me yesterday, that starting 11 that played was played very well. I understand it was only Hamilton at home. But I think that was there was so much movement from Rangers yesterday and the only player I'd take out would be McLaughlin. I would put McGregor in. Just wondered what Barry thinks. Yeah, Cam, it's a, it's a hard one. I mean, every time the manager goes and changes the, the personnel, we've, he made another five changes yesterday from the game and, and Thursday night against Benfica. I, I just think any one of the squad that he's got just now, certainly 15, 16 players can get in that team. Um, it's a great problem for him to have. You, you've heard them saying and mention that he's got selection problems because um, there's that many players that, that can come into that starting 11 look I liked the team yesterday um, don't take anything away from who they were playing against I know Hamilton have, have struggled a bit this season but you've got to still beat who, who's in front of you um, and yeah. I thought it was a real a real professional job as I said I thought it take, took them 10-15 minutes to kind of 
get to what, the way Aki's were playing but once they, they figured that out they, they just steamrolled them basically um, in terms of Defoe he was the only one that I'd probably say didn't look bang on it but I can understand that because he's not obviously involved in a European squad and he's not yeah. played a lot of football I do like when Morelos is in the team I've got to be honest with you um, I think the manager done a great thing a couple of weeks ago and take him out the, the firing line and made him sit and watch what he's he's missing and he came on and he, he showed a real good response obviously against Lech Poznan we getting the winner and then obviously breaking Coise's record last week against Benfica so look I, I think he's got a number of players that can come in um, and I always tend to look at the midfield as well you've got six players there now yeah. that are competing for three positions Zungu, Zungu came on and it was a perfect time for the manager to he let him come in and play his 45 minutes and get used to as I said the, the team and the surroundings that he's going to be playing in in the future but it, was, it was probably important for Philip Hillander to, to play yesterday to get mm-hmm. a game to have a, a pretty comfortable game and, and a clean sheet on the back of uh, what happened in Lisbon um, because that will, that will be preying on his mind for, for a while now yeah. you know he was culpable in two of those goals against they- Benfica and it's not been like him if I'm being honest with you I think he's been excellent this season when Hollander's played um, but every time Balogun's come in mm. he, I mean he, he looks assured he, he, must be in proper... pole, he must be in pole position now Barry you would say for that for that place alongside um, alongside Goldson I, I've been asked this a few times Robert I look at the kind of partnership and I think Goldson and Hollander's a better partnership I think Balogun's a better player than right. Hollander okay. but I look at the two of them playing with each other and I think they, they complement each other better um, but I just think Balogun he just strolls through the games he's been an excellent find for the manager um, so look the, that's the, the position the manager's in he's got a headache he's got, he needs to worry who he's going to play because there's, there's guys banging down that door to get into that yeah. starting 11 Callum who would you go for Hollander or Balogun? Well Balogun for me I, I don't know if I might not be right in saying this but I don't think Rangers have actually conceded when Balogun's played I think I think that's right. I don't think they've considered when he's played. So I think that's I think he's the bit I, I prefer him. But yeah. I can't understand so that um that he he's done well and he was just unfortunate that on Thursday night he was up against a top quality side and you get punished for mistakes like that. I, I like his calmness, uh, Balogun, and I think that's an infectious thing. I think that affects people uh, round about you. Uh, when, when he just cruises through games, as he tends to do, uh, Balogun, I, it, I, quite, I quite like that. It does, it, I mean, it's a great word you use. He, he cruises through games. It looks too easy for him at times, um, but that, that just shows you how good a player he is. Um, his recovery as well, when um, yeah. he, he's maybe out of position, he can recover really well um, so look, look it's a great headache to have the manager's got you know Golson's going to play I think he along with Tavernier has really improved yeah. um, I mean, he was player of the month wasn't he uh, yeah. Connor, Connor Goldson and, yeah. and rightly so there was a few times last year that he got caught out a few times I don't think he's making the same mistakes his concentration levels has, has been spot on um, but listen that's why the, the manager that has built this squad Cammy, are you worried about the international break I hate it. I hate international football. But oh, um, although surely no. you'll be hoping for Scotland on yeah, Thursday well, night. Yeah, yeah. hoping for Scotland on Thursday night. Just hoping that no Rangers players come back with any um, any injuries. 
it is a big issue, isn't it, with COVID everywhere? Travelling. Yeah, like the, the managers, yeah. the manager will be panicking. Yeah. There's no doubt about yeah. it. I mean, you're normally panicking anyway about injuries, yeah. but, but when you've got injury plus the possibility of picking up coronavirus on your travels as well, that, that's, panic. it's just an extra, an extra worry. Yeah, and what happened at Celtic's a prime example, so yeah. that, that's going to be a major worry and a, a major concern to the manager. He, he just needs to hope that they're, they're well looked after and I'm sure they will be with the, with the, certainly the, the Scottish boys the, I know the, the club doctor at, at Scotland's really good so he'll do everything in his power to make sure that all players are well looked after Cammy, I was just, I was just looking at the, the league table there Rangers goal difference in the Premiership is plus 34 I mean it, it's these stats are just incredible for Rangers at the moment I mean that, that is just a ridiculous goal difference to have in early November isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible, but obviously the main reason it's like that is we're not conceding goals. Obviously, the result against Hamilton Aki's yesterday would have bummed it up quite a bit, but, you know, to win games, you can't concede goals, and, yeah. No goals, no goals against the Ibrox. Yeah, but a lot of people are going on, look, I think the back four and obviously the goalkeeper have been excellent, but it's the six in front of the back four. Mm-hmm. They work yeah. ever so hard. You always say that, Barry. Oh, yep. I, I just think they're on a different level this year. Look, yep. Ryan Kent was showing a bit of form again yesterday. I think the previous three or four games, Ryan Kent's not been at the level, but what a team player he is. Morelos the same, maybe no scoring enough goals, but he's doing a job for the team. Um, and the midfield three, whoever it is, the amount of work rate that they go through um, makes it easier for the defenders. So coming next up, think, yeah, on you go. Yeah. Oh, can I think Barry um, Ryan Jack doesn't get as much praise as he deserves? I think he's one of the most hardest working players in that team. Yeah, he goes about his business quietly. When you you tend to play in that kind of position, Cammy, um, you don't get all the plaudits of, of the kind of forward-thinking players. Um, yeah. But look, I see the job he does again. When Rangers signed Ryan Jack a few years back. I wasn't too sure. I always thought he was he, he was no bad, but he, he's come on leaps and bounds since the, the managers took over, and he does a great job whenever he comes in. Um, so does Stephen Davis, Glenn Kamara, Scott Arfield. I don't know how many times I spoke about him. I think he's been excellent. It's really difficult to pick out the the, the best players in that midfield area, yeah. but the, there's six of them now, um, and, and and that's where you're getting performance from, isn't it? That that yeah. intense competition. That's the engine room, Rob. Um, that, that's the main part of the team for me is the, the midfield and you, you've got six players now that are competing for three positions and any one of these six players a bit different from for Zunga he, he just came in through the door he's, he's still getting used to the surroundings um, but he looked pretty decent the yeah, he impressed me yes. he did he looked if he was comfy on the ball Cammy um, and Arebo's another one I mean at the start of the season before he got injured he was excellent so look real good Good players in that midfield area for Rangers. Good times yeah. for Rangers. Cammy, listen, thanks very much for calling. Thank you. Cheers. Speak Wait, to you again. Cheers, Cammy. Thank you, Cammy yes. there. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. And we're on the socials at the Go Football Show. At Go Football Show. That's the first hour in already. Barry Ferguson, Rob well, McLean we, with us in our hour. Two. Let's do another hour. Oh, yeah, I think we have to, yeah. yeah. Okay. We're back. Contractually. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you want to be? Yeah. Yes, let's do You're it. You're hungry for this place. Yes. Remember, we're rotating the squad. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rob and Barry and Paul. We're coming up with more next. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. The Goal Radio Football Show With Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Rob McLean Have your say Call 0808 17 
Thanks to everyone making the switch, joining us 5 to 7 every night, Monday to Friday, the Go Radio Football Show. Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson, the former Rangers, Scotland, Blackburn Rovers, Blackpool. He's been here, there, everywhere, but he's with us. He's our big signing, along with Cy Ferry, of course. A couple of months ago, Barry, it's brilliant you're here with us three nights a week. Yeah, love being here. We used to, guys, learning. Spring in the step after yesterday because it's very much game on. Celtic going well, 4-1 against yeah. Motherwell and Rangers 8-0 against Hamilton Ackies. Steven Gerrard looking at the goal difference. In the long run, you know, you want to try and uh, be as emphatic as you can be. The important thing today and the objective was always the three points. Uh, we got that and then, you know, the, the job for me at half-time was to keep the energy and the standards up second half so we, we carried on trying to get as many goals as we could. Rob, phenomenal st- stats. Emphatic it was. I mean, they're, they're setting some standards at the moment. That's the word he keeps on using, apart from humble and a few other ones as well. But, but Rangers are, are just on fire at the moment. And uh, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll be disappointed that uh, they've got a two-week break now. But they'll look to just pick up where they left off. And, and at home and in European football as well, uh, they've just got so much momentum, Barry, behind them. Yeah, they're in a real good place. They're really strong and as the manager keeps saying in his interviews it's all about standards and you could see him at the side of that pitch when it was five, six he, he was wanting more goals and do you know what that's that's going on to the field and the players are, are like that they're not accepting it's easy when you go five or six goals up you take your foot off the gas you take it easy but the players were were desperate to score more goals 4-1 for Celtic at Motherwell the lunchtime match hat-trick for Moy Elianusi and Neil Lennon speaking about the striker afterwards yeah, but he comes in for criticism from outside, you know, not from us. So we had a brief chat about it. I know what I've got. Moy's a great professional. You know, he's very diligent. And we said to him at half-time, look, you toured Lille last week, you know, and you didn't get your hat-trick, go and get your hat-trick today. And it was a brilliant third goal, but he can be absolutely delighted. He's in great form. He needs to be more consistent with his level of performances now because he's a quality player. Of course, Barry, not an out-and-out striker, but my goodness, he was in great form yesterday. Yeah, certainly in the last two or three weeks, he, he's been excellent. But the, the manager says that. I know he, he's he's had his critics, um, but his levels of consistency with him. He, he's yeah. shown that he can go and produce big performances. He can go and produce big goals. You just want to see that on a regular basis. Can you see the £16 million in him now? Look, you've seen signs of it before. There's no doubt he's a a quality player. Um, He just needs to show up more often. And we're getting a, I mean, a hat-trick at Fir Park. It was a decent hat-trick as well. And he's shown a real work rate as well now. I thought he was lazy at times when I watched him. Um, But he's shown a, a real desire to work hard and he's getting the rewards we're getting goals and suddenly we don't really care what he was doing on his mobile phone at Parkhead when he was uh, taken <laughs> off against uh, Sparta Prague was he ordering a pizza uh, whatever he was doing um, it doesn't really matter anymore because he's given uh, the right answer this time in terms of his performance and yeah I mean he, but he's, he's setting a bar for himself now you know he look, he look, I thought he looked a real classy operator in that game yesterday he's now scored seven goals in six games he's got 12 for the season so from 12 uh, 12 goals early November he should be hitting 25 you know not an out and out striker but he should be getting to that sort of 25 goals for Celtic over the course of the season and delivering those sorts of performances on a regular basis that's what Celtic need from him yeah 100% as you say you could, you could see technically there's no doubt he's a, a very good player um, it was just trying to add day goals and as you said he's, he's starting to add day goals and 
what is it, 12th the season now? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he must be looking at getting 20 and over. There, yeah. There's no doubt about that. He, he'll be setting a target now that he's got 12. The next target should be 20. Yeah. And then you can take it for there. It was interesting. Luke Shanley interviewed him on Sky after the game and, and said to him, "You know that was some header. That was a that that was a that was a real towering header for the for your for your hat trick." And he, he just uh, well, I'm, I'm surprised you're surprised because he said, "I'm good in the air." You know that I, yeah. that's what I do. You know, so he's obviously got a lot of confidence in his own ability, and I think that is beginning to come through. And, and a bit like Tom Rogic, he sometimes he's got a way of gliding through games as well. Elianusi coming in off that left side, he played some pretty uh, penetrating passes I thought in the game as well as, as scoring his three goals he, he is and should be a big contributor for Celtic moving on yeah the, the both of them they've got that lazy body language type thing it's, but, but they stroll through games at times um, as you say look, there, there's no doubt in both of the players you mentioned there Robert are quality players um, it's just I think people get frustrated that they don't turn up every single week but now they're starting to show that they can do it we can we count game you, by game. Yeah, and you add Christie into the mix. I mean, that is some three uh, in behind the the main striker for for Celtic. That that then they're they're constantly interchanging as well. And and Motherwell just struggle to cope at times. Yeah, well, it's it's three real good high quality players. Um, there's no doubt. And when they when they play well, Celtic play well. Um, as I said, Ryan Christie. A lot of people tend to forget about Ryan Christie at times um, he's he's probably one of the first names in the team sheet for Celtic yeah. there's no doubt about it he's a big player for Celtic an important player for Celtic and you see Neil Lennon plays him in a lot of the games um, you've seen against Aberdeen the bit of magic kicked Celtic off yeah. in that game great strike and he'll be on that Scotland team sheet on Thursday as well Ryan Christie mm-hmm. Aye, there, there's no doubt in my mind he'll, he'll play 100% he'd play I, I think he would even play he was he was in my team I know. anyway with yeah. Ryan Fraser so we'll um, come back to your team Barry shortly yeah because you're going to have to change it because of Ryan Fraser obviously before we leave that Rob the headline today from Elianusi don't question my commitment to the team or the gaffer he's a great boss and I love playing for him do you think this has answered the criticism about unrest in, in the squad I, I, I don't, I'm not sure one game answers everything to, to, still to be honest yeah. yeah it will be for some people well, you they know, consistency they'll, they'll, yeah, yeah. They, they need to be kind of, you know Winning four one at Motherwell, having having lost four um, one in in the Europa League at home to Sparta Prague, that's not going to be enough for a lot of people, and, and maybe rightly so. So I think when Celtic can back off the international break, that's when they have to start putting together a really solid, consistent run of form to start clawing back the points, getting closer to Rangers, and I think salvaging some pride as well in Europe as well. I mean, Neil Lennon says said yesterday, I think in his in his interview, um, you know, we're not going to qualify. He, he's, he's writing it off. I'm not sure I would be writing it off already after after three games. It needs titanic performances. It needs big results against big teams. But I still think Celtic should be having a go at trying to get that second place in the group if they can it is still possible it is possible now I've no doubt in my mind um, in the dressing room quietly they'll be saying that to each other um, but as you said look all players go through difficult periods uh, and this is a difficult period and I think the reason why they're getting so much um, stick in the media is because people are used to Celtic winning every single game they play in um, this is the first time in a long long time that they've struggled in a few games Um and the best way to, to shut people up is win football games and they've done that on Sunday I'm with you I think it'll take a, another few games to get people right behind them um, but it was clear to me when I was watching the game that this group of players 
do want to play for Celtic and play for the manager um, they, they showed that certainly in the first 45 minutes I think the only thing that will worry Neil Lennon was again another goal from a, a cross ball that, that's one thing that certainly this season Celtic have struggled with and that's something that he'll be desperate to work on in the training ground and they'll be watching for Frimpong to see the ligament, ligament damage. Uh, if you say. Indeed, Rob. <laughs> how, how bad that, that is. Ligand, that yeah, ligand injury that he has. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, there will be a bit of concern about that. We went off for 20 yeah. minutes to go. El Hamed replaced yeah. them. It was a terrible uh, challenge. We spoke about it earlier from, from Devante Cole. Um, and yeah, I mean, in, in the absence of, of James Forrest, it, it puts real pressure on Frimpong to be yeah. playing mm-hmm. consistently in that position. If he's out injured as well as Forrest, then Celtic do have problems on that side yeah it, it will be a worry because um, I, I do think Fring Pong brings a lot to the Celtic team in terms of attack I think he can get a bit better defensively but you've got to remember his age he's mm. still learning Nin- he's, 19, yeah, he's, he's still a young kid learning the game yeah. and he's only going to get better mm. um, it was a it was a naughty challenge I, I don't think the, uh, Cole meant it I just think it was late it was a typical striker's tackle um, he just got there as soon as he could yeah, yeah. the old gag but <laughs> El Hamed come on and yep. he set up the goal mm-hmm. um, and uh, look he, he's he's an international player he, he's a good player um, yep. experienced as well so if Fringpong is out for a number of weeks they've got a, a very good replacement let's hear from the defeated managers Barry you're a, you're a manager um, you haven't been up against the, this kind of scoreline 8-0 or 4-1 I don't think you've had anything like that. You've been an undefeated mm. run until Saturday there. Uh, Brian Rice, after the match, 8-0. What do you say to the manager afterwards? This is what he was saying to the media. We're having to play games but we've got a lot of players out with COVID and it's maybe not happening to other teams. Injuries have killed us. We've really struggled to put a team out today, a fit team. You know, I've got boys on the bench who haven't played since March, boys who haven't played since July. You know, people see his excuses. I'm just stating the facts. That must be really tough for him to face the media afterwards. Yeah, but fair play to me, he faced them. Did. And when they got that bus home, I, I believe there was 30 or 40 Hamilton Ackies fans outside the stadium and and it's easy for the manager just to jump in his car and, and go home. But Brian Rice went out and I think he spent 30 or 40 minutes with his fans and, and an, answered questions. Look, he'll be absolutely gutted. He's a, he's a coach I've got a lot of time for. I, I like the way he comes across and he doesn't hide. Look, I felt, I felt for him there, um, being in that position. It's, it's horrible um, but you've got to come out fighting and that's what I, I expected for Brian Rice to come out and, and face the media it's a tough one to take nobody would like to be in that position but he is in that position but as I said he's come out and he's faced the, the media he's answered the questions and hopefully he'll be given time at Hamilton to, to correct it there's a real honesty about Brian Rice that I like he's, yep. a, foot, he's a football guy uh, he's a coach. He, he yeah. loves nothing better than being with players out on the pitch. That's what he does. Um, and and things are stretched to Hamilton. They're always stretched at Hamilton, but especially um, at the moment because of COVID-related stuff, injuries. It's a young squad anyway, um, and they were just dismantled by yeah. Rangers at, at Ibrox. And, and you just saw... I, I didn't see the whole match. I saw the highlights. I saw the analysis of it. I saw the gaping holes between the lines for them mm-hmm. that, that allowed Rangers to absolutely pick them to pieces. Um, it was just a, a horrible day for, for Hamilton, but it's it's a, it's not a big-budget club. It, it's a constant struggle, mm-hmm. um, all the more so after a result like that. Yeah, but I, I think... The thing that disappointed Brian Rice was um, he clearly worked on that formation all week in training 
because um, it was something different that he tried at Ibrox to come and frustrate Rangers and, and try and hold um, them as, as long as possible. That didn't work. I think it was 15 or 16 minutes the first goal went in and then they caved in. I think that's the thing that will worry him. Um, he did have a, a few experienced guys on the field but if you look at his substitutions it's 18 year olds 19 year olds that are coming on um, people have got to remember that he, as you mentioned Rob he's really stretched they really rely on young kids coming through um, and it, it's a hard job for him um, it's, it's a team that I think a lot of because it's my, my local team I, I don't like to see them um, suffer at times but I've got to be honest with you I, I like him. He faces it. He faced up to the criticism, and, and that says a lot for him that he, you know, comes it, off the bus last night and he speaks to the fans in a dark night. It, it's know, easy, Paul. He, he just, cold. as I said, yep. jump in your car yep. and go home and, and forget about it. He's yep. shown that he cares about That's it. leadership. Yeah, yep. he, he cares. Um, he cares what the fans think, and he stood there in, in the cold and, and had a chat with him and detailed the reason why it went wrong. So, do you know what? Fair play to him for that. Yep. And there are two sides to the coin as well about, about playing young players. That Those are not the circumstances in which he would want to be exposing uh, teenage no. players yep. to first-team football with Hamilton. That's not the plan um, because he was putting them on as his team were getting ripped to pieces. That's not, that's not going to do a young player... Any good, and that, and he, and he wouldn't have done it had he, had he not had to do it. He, no, had, to, he, he had to make some changes. Yep, you're right, Rob. He had to make some changes, or it was going to get even worse. Um, and ideally, you would be wanting to bring on somebody who's got at least a bit of experience, a few games behind them. But, but these young kids haven't. So he was, as I said, um, it's a hard one for him. You look, they probably get, I mean, no, probably. I would imagine their lowest budget in the Premier League. Yeah, He's not yeah. got a lot of money to go and change it either. Uh, so it's a hard one for Brian Rice, but you know what? I hope he comes through it. I, do, I really do, because as I said, I've got a lot of time from not just as a coach, but yeah, as a person as, as a well. Person. Hamilton on seven points at the bottom after 12. St Mirren on eight points after 11. Uh, Livy on 12 points. They've played 14 games. Ross County on 13 points after 14 games. And St Johnson on 14 points. No change at the top. Rangers on 38 points. Celtic on 29. No change in the sense that nine points between them. Celtic winning 4-1 at Motherwell. Stephen Robertson speaking afterwards. I think uh, the scoreline's horse on us, but if you defend the second and third goals the way we did make individual errors then you get punished against this kind of quality they didn't have to, to work for them but for large periods we've done well contained them um, we had a lot of opportunities probably the most opportunities I've, I've had against Celtic and the difference between the two sides is they, they took their chances when they had them and we didn't Was it harsh on them? I don't, um, I don't think so um, not, not particularly I think they made a contribution themselves to a couple of those Celtic goals yes they had their moments uh, they scored a goal obviously they had their moments in attack but I thought Motherwell were outclassed by Celtic, plain and simple, and I'm not sure if 4-1 uh, particularly flattered Celtic, Barry. What do you think? I, I thought the first half, Celtic were on a, a different level from Motherwell. Um, second half, at least Motherwell come back a bit. They, they but created, the game's gone by then, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they, they got to 2-1, mm-hmm. and you would think they were in with a chance there, but then Celtic just stepped it up again and, yeah. and uh, got that third and, and fourth goal that eventually killed the game off. Um but they did have a spell there's no doubt about it in the second half but they're always going to have a spell when you go to places like uh, Fur Park it is difficult you've got to understand that they will get a, a, a lift at some stage but if you're asking my honest opinion overall Celtic were the, the better team Beaton switched off didn't he at the 
Declan Gallagher's yeah. goal. And that's the worrying thing I think you're talking about. Set pieces have been a nightmare for Celtic this season. It, they have been a nightmare and it's something that the manager's spoke about on a number of occasions. I've heard them. Um, and the only way you can fix that, Paul, is by working even harder on the training ground. Um, and I'm sure that's something that they'll, they'll probably have a few days off in international break and they'll come back in. But again, Celtic have got that many internationals. There'll be hardly anybody... Yeah. Be available to train quietly, um, Lennox Town for this. But that, that is something yeah. that, that is a worry at the back of his mind because every time that Murrow did have a, a free kick or a corner kick, it was they, they looked if they had a, maybe an opportunity to score. So that's something that he needs to sort quick because um, going forward at times um, they looked if they could score. Yeah, friend of the show, uh, Declan Gallagher got the goal for Motherwell, of course, and and it should be. I think we should point out as well for them um, that that. Um, in terms of the whole performance result, how it went from a from a Stephen Robinson point of view, he was minus um, a couple of defenders. He was minus quite a few key players who would have been certain starters for Motherwell. So they they were far from from full strength. Otherwise, they might have put up a better show. Yep, exactly. I mean, uh, they've got a small squad as well, Motherwell. Um, so they're missing some key players. But I, I don't think Motherwell have any trouble whatsoever finishing in the top six this season. I think that they're they're they've got decent players. Um, because when you look at the last half dozen games, I mean, they've lost fairly emphatically to Rangers and Celtic, mm. and I think they've won the other, the other four games, and, and they've had some good wins in that spell as well. So, you know, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but, but these games aren't going to define Motherwell's yeah. season. It will be how they do against the likes of uh, Mother, uh, against Aberdeen Hibs, yeah. St Johnston, mm. uh, these sort of teams. That, that, that will decide whether they can make it top half. And if they can make it top half the way they've started this season, that would be a success. Yep, yeah, and I've no doubt in my mind they will finish mm. in the top six. Well, no, as I said, um, they've got a good squad, they've got good players, and they've obviously got a good manager as well. So I've got no, no doubt in my mind they'll be a top, uh, top six team. Hello, fans, what do you reckon? Give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. You can speak to Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean and me, Paul Cooney. That's all coming up next. The Goal Radio Football Show. The Goal Radio Football Show. What a weekend we had. Rangers winning 8-0 yesterday against Hamilton. Celtic 4-1 at Motherwell. Friday night, it was Aberdeen 2, Hibs 0 in the battle for third position. Ross County 1, Livingston 1, St Johnson 1, Kilmarnock 0. St Johnson on a bit of a run now, Barry, aren't they? That's uh, four in a row for St Johnson. Yeah, look, Callum had a, a difficult start to the season, um, but he's kept with it, and as you mentioned there, they're, they're on a bit of a roll just now. Another good victory on Friday. St Mirren 0, Dundee United 0. Sorry, Rob, you were going to say? I was just yeah. going to say he's one of the good guys, Callum Davidson, so it's good yeah. to see him yeah. getting some results. And St Johnson, I mean, they've just got this amazing habit of finishing top six. It might be a struggle for them to get top six this time around, but actually I wouldn't bet against it. Yeah, but uh, actually we played against them a few weeks back in the, the Betfred Cup and they were going through a tough time in the league and just uh, as good as you you said there Rob he's, he's a real good guy I was lucky enough to play him at international level sorry and it's good to see guys like that going on to, to manage and as I said he had a tough start but he's come through that and that's um, another good result St Mirren nil, Dundee United nil. It's good to see St Mirren back in action though, because that's about a month since they played Barry. They yeah, need... but I, I think Jim will take a, a point not playing any football for for three weeks, yeah. um, not being able to get the, the players on the training ground. Um, so I did fancy Dundee United to go there and get the win, but do you know what? That'll be a good point for some months. I think they bust your coupon because you thought Celtic would win at Fair Park. Yes. Yep. And Rangers 
against Hamilton. So is that the only one you didn't quite get quite right on Friday? Yep, I fancied Dundee United. Yep. When you say bust your coupon, you're not suggesting that a football manager would place a wager not on at some all. football <laughs> results. Absolutely no, 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 not. No, no. It's just checking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> metaphorical. <laughs> Rob, w- w- you went with uh, Aberdeen. Yeah, I did against Hibs. Yeah. Ross County, Livy. I don't think I made any predictions at all. So I went for one, one, one nil, and nil, nil in the other three. <laughs> um, Do you know what we did? Hugh, the Motherwell fan, was on on Friday night, and he became Rob. Did and, he? And he gave us your predictions. All right, okay. Yeah. Well, they were probably more yeah. accurate than they normally are. Then. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, we were just talking there about the Motherwell players that were yeah. out. So starting from Carson, the goalkeeper. Well, yeah. absolutely. And we should say that breaking news: Tony Watt has signed uh, an extended contract at Motherwell. Um, he's been on the show obviously a few weeks ago. Um, he's having a great spell. He's, he's solving a little problem for Motherwell in that in that number nine area. So uh, that's good news both for Tony Watt and for Motherwell. And that he's extended his two years. Yeah, yeah. two year deal. Let me just. We were talking about Motherwell uh, and that result yesterday, and the fact that we're missing key players. Well, uh, he, this this is the information that underlines that missing for Motherwell yesterday. Uh, Trevor Carson, the goalkeeper, Sherbin Sadov, Bevis Mugabe, Ricky Lamy. So two key defenders out. Charles Dunn as well. Jake Carroll and. Liam Donnelly was a right good player as well. Seven players. Out of eight players, probably four of them would be in the starting 11. So that's near enough half your team. So that's a, a lot missing for Muddle. Um, but I, listen, I, I thought at times yesterday, Muddle, they, they did okay. And as I said to you, once uh, the manager gets their players back, um, they'll, they'll definitely finish in the top six. In terms of Tony Watt, I've said it plenty of times about him. I think he's found the right club. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a lot of moves over the years. Um, he's not been able to settle it at one club, but he looked decent again um, on Sunday against Mother- uh, Sorry, Celtic. He's starting to score some goals, so it's good to see that he's settled somewhere and he, he's playing um, every every week. Because it was such a waste of talent, wasn't it? It How was. When, I mean, when he, he broke through at Celtic and he scored yeah. that famous goal yeah. um, against Barcelona you could certainly see there was a lot of potential in him um, then he obviously moved he's been down to England he's been abroad mm. he's just not been able to get that club but I think Tony Watt and Muddle was a good fit uh, he's a local boy and you can see he's playing with a smile on his face so good on him and hopefully he can continue that sort of form again and Rob does that tell you a lot about Stephen Robinson and the way he can handle him yeah I think so I mean I think Stephen Robinson is a really good manager I'm uh, you know pleasantly surprised for for Motherwell that he's still there because I I thought he might have been poached away I thought he might have got the hearts job Mm. at one stage Um, I think he does a really good job on a pretty low budget it's not it's not as low as Hamilton's but um, there, there, there's not no great money flashing about at Fur Park that is for sure and I think he is the right guy for, for Tony Watt in terms of getting him on the straight and narrow he's got him fit he's got him fitter I think mm-hmm. and, and you can see in the way Tony Watt's playing at the moment that he's really loving it yeah he's playing with a lot of confidence there's no doubt about that and that comes down to good man management probably so and the managers trust him I don't think Tony's had a lot of trust in his career um, so yeah. the manager's shown a lot of trust in him he brought him in signed a short term contract and um, his performances on the pitch have been excellent and that's the reason why that Muddle have extended his contract Size column at the weekend was about Edmondson and Jones and how they could be uh, you know losing a career that has got a lot of promise and he talked about his own career and some of the silly things that he did and he was just saying it's over in a flash so, it is over in a flash um, I mean, enjoy it I made a lot of mistakes as well um, and the two boys at Rangers it was a silly mistake uh, but I, I do th- think people deserve 
a second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were um, they've been disciplined. They're suspended, and I think when the manager spoke, um, it wasn't anger. It was more disappointment. Uh, disappointment, should I say, um, on their behalf. So they'll come back and they'll come into the dressing room and they've broke a bit of trust. So it'll take a bit of time to get that trust back. But I'm sure if they come in and they get their heads down and they they train hard and they show that they've they've been really sorry, I'm sure in time that trust will build back up and hopefully they'll have a a career at Rangers. I think there's also a longer-term punishment, isn't there? Because they're effectively being uh, elbowed out to the sidelines now. They've they've been disciplined, they've been fined internally, Mm -hmm. that's all been dealt with. But moving on... It's going to take. Uh, there are bridges to be built here that might be very difficult to yeah. construct for for both players yeah. before Steven Gerrard gets to the stage where he thinks he can believe in them again and and trust them implicitly. Because obviously, at the moment, he's trusting everybody he puts out on the pitch and everything is mm-hmm. working beautifully for for Rangers at the moment. But but these guys have let him down badly. They've let themselves down, and I think it'll be a long time before they're back centre stage again. Yep, trust is the biggest thing in football, Rob. And they'll need to try and gain that trust back. But it's it's going to take a bit of time. Um, they've not just let their, themselves down and the Rangers fans. They've let their teammates down big time. Um, certainly during these times, you've got to try and, and do what's right. Um, as we all know, we, they live in this bubble on the training ground. But when they go out the, the gates, the manager's got to trust them to go and do the right thing. These boys have been silly. What a, chan- what a chance they've had as well. Yeah. The chance to play for Rangers. Yep, and certainly with, with, with Jordan Jones, um, if you asked me in the summer, he was probably one player that I would have imagined that Rangers might have looked to, to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been given a chance. He, he broke into that 18. He's, when he's come on, he's done pretty well. He's played he's played at a decent level. Um, but that that's the biggest thing that will disappoint the manager, that, that he's had a... A chance to go and show what a good player I think he is. I, I do think he, he has got the ability to play with Rangers. Edmondson's been, mm. he's been out in the wilderness for a for a while, but he, he's a bit younger. Um, but as I says, listen, I'm a big believer in the guys deserve a, a second chance. They've been hit for pillar to post. They've made a mistake. They've been fined. They've been disciplined. They're suspended. But as I said, it'll take a bit of time to regain that trust back. Three days from now, we'll be in Serbia. For, well, we'll be watching Serbia against Scotland so we're watching over the weekend for players in the squad and somebody who stood out for you had a fantastic game for Aston Villa John McGinn and what a win for them at the weekend yeah again every time I watch Aston Villa um, he stands out like a sore thumb I'll be honest with you he just looks to me if he keeps getting better and better with each game um, and is that confidence as well? yeah it, it could be a bit of that and also he's playing with good players uh, Um Aston Villa uh, that's, some mid, that's some midfield they've got uh, I've got to be honest with you Rob the three of them are excellent um, they ran over the top of um, Arsenal. Arsenal and everybody's talking about Ross Bartley and, and Grealish and rightly so they're, they're, they're top footballers and they tend to forget the Scottish one um, and John McGinn yeah yeah, I do uh, I, I, do, yeah. I, I, I don't I think mean, he gets the plaudits he, mm-hmm. he deserves So, but I watched the game closely and I thought he was outstanding again and He's, he's took his Aston Villa form into, into Scotland as well. I think he's been excellent when he's come up here and he, he's played for his national team. And if he keeps performing like that, I have no doubt he will get a move to a top six team. 
Paul, when you listen to Eng- some of the English media analysis, they go on and on and on about Barkley yeah. uh, and Grealish. That's that's the Aston Villa mm-hmm. midfield, uh, and they forget the very often the, the key component who is John McGinn. It, it was the same last night, Rob, when I was watching the game. It was all about Bartley and, and Grealish, and, and and you know what? They are fantastic footballers, uh, young young guys. Um, and it was it was annoying me at times because um, I thought McGinn was holding it together. Yeah. He was the he was the main player in that midfield. Um, but a great performance by Aston Villa. Um, and as I says, if he continues that kind of form, Aston Villa are going to struggle to hold on to him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, some some great performance in England. Andy, Andy Robertson for uh, Liverpool in the one in the, in the game against Manchester City. Kieran Tierney uh, yeah. again for for Arsenal. And uh, of course, I think we're expecting. Uh, Kieran Tierney to be slotted into that left of the back three position on Thursday, no, Barry? No doubt in my mind he, he's played there the vast majority of the season. Um, because there would be, a, there's a case for Andy Considine, obviously. There is a under, case. under other circumstances, you might want to say, well, you've done absolutely nothing wrong mm-hmm. for me in the last two games. So, in, in a whole t- a team spirit sense, you would say, no, you, you're in that position, you keep it. But this is a one off game. This, this, we need all our best players yep. on the pitch in Serbia. I get the argument. With Considine, I thought he came in and I thought he was excellent. But for me, you have got to play your best players. Um, Kieran Tierney, for me, is one of Scotland's best players. He's a serial winner. He knows what it's like. They're going into a, a difficult um, place in Serbia, a top team, a lot of top players. So I'm a big believer in you've got to play your best players. And for me, Kieran Tierney plays. And Scott McTominay would have got a boost at the weekend because they went into the match, Man United against Everton, with everybody talking about the manager's future, but they came through flying colours. Yeah, although it didn't stop Ole Gunnar Solskjaer having a blast afterwards about the scheduling, uh, the fact that they had a 12.30 Saturday game on the back of playing Wednesday night it's in Europe. It's a fair point, Rob, isn't oh, it? Absolutely, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's the same for the, the Scottish authorities as well. Um, you, you would surely want your teams to have the best possible chance of doing well in Europe. Uh, for all sorts of reasons, some of them financial. So, so to be asking um, a team to come back and play twelve thirty, having played in a big match in Europe on a on a Wednesday, you can understand why um, Ole Gunnar was less than chuffed. Yeah, I totally get it. I mean, that flight to to Turkey, what's that? Four and a half, five hours, yep. easy. Yep. So, they, I, I don't know whether they would have stayed after the game and travelled back on the Thursday, but I totally get his argument. Um, surely they can they look at it and, and think right you know what we can maybe swap back give them an extra 24 hours put it to the Sunday because um, obviously you, you want your teams to to be successful and certainly the Champions League yeah. uh, so I, I, I totally get, I, I totally got where he was coming from Scott McTominay played midfield of course for, for Man U but he will play um, on, the, on the right side of that back three on Thursday so McTominay uh, on one side Tierney on the other and, and uh, Declan Gallagher uh, we've been speaking about of Motherwell in the middle in front of David Marshall O'Donnell right wing back Andy Robertson left wing back Jack McGregor McGinn Christie off Dykes is that it Barry? That's the team yes Dykes scored at the weekend I see they lost QPR but he got the goal Yeah I, I, again they, they've struggled the last couple of weeks with the results QPR um, but he He's scoring a few goals. Um, I, I'm just uh, probably say disappointed that he, he's left Scottish football. I'd have liked to have seen a Rangers or even Celtic, for that matter, trying to keep a talent like him um, up here because I don't think one and a half millions a, 
a hell of a lot of money no. um, so he's been down to the championship which I know myself I've played in it for the last two years of my, my career it's a tough tough league um, what's so tough about it what's the difference three games a week you're, um, you're non-stop and it's a real physical league there's not a lot yeah. of football played in it at times um, probably every single player's six foot and above and, <laughs> and, and built really well uh, so no it's a tough league but he's been down there and, and settled in pretty well and he's scoring goals uh, but he, he's been great for Scotland let's be honest if I've been really a, impressed with him if you're a Celtic fan you would have to be looking at London Dykes and, and how he's done for QPR and for Scotland and, and say why if it was a 750 grand down payment on a maybe one and a half two million pounds in the, in the longer term fee was that not worth it? I mean Rangers don't need anybody at the moment but but Celtic are still unsettled up front um, what would they have done for a, over the last few months for a, for a Lyndon Dykes mm-hmm. who was a, a, a stick on for that uh, number nine slot where he's done so well for Scotland playing against some pretty good defences as well yeah there was probably a lot of people unsure whether he could make that step Rob there's no doubt about it but you've seen when he come up against Celtic when he come up against Rangers he played really well for Livingston and he was somebody that always stood out for me he always impressed me so that I was surprised that neither the old firm um, I know there was talk of Rangers being interested but I was surprised that nobody actually went and, and done the deal to keep him up here um, disappointing to see him go down but it's a great opportunity the Championship's a strong league QPR are a, a decent club um, and, he, and he's done brilliant since he's been down there That's Barry Ferguson Rob McLean Paul Cooney we're back with your calls and more next Waking up Glasgow and the West I've a dog right and took a photo of the dog I went uh, that looks ugly try again. <laughs> I'm trying to get it to look nice. I'm going, oh, come on. Tongue in. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to the police station, right? What? <laughs> and I open the car door, right? It runs out and runs away. The dog goes to attack two Laz Apsos, and the woman hugged with the two Laz Apsos is freaking out, greeting she. First of all, thinks I'm the police. Scott Squad. <laughs> and my neighbour phones me. Have you got my dog? What? Is this the one that you slagged off on the show? Aye, because she went, oh, this will be another good story for you, Radio 1. Is that Radio Breakfast with Crofty, Adele and Grado. Thanks to Chris for keeping us up to date with the travel all this week. Go Radio Football Show, Paul Cooney with Rob McLean and Barry Ferguson and your calls coming in on 0808 17 17 700. The podcast numbers are going up and up, Rob, way over the 150,000. Yeah, when do we get to the Champions League of podcasts? Yeah, we, we can't we, be far off. No, must be approaching, surely. <laughs> We're in the Europa League so far, yeah. yeah I think we've, <laughs> left, we've left open goal behind. <laughs> we, need, oh, yeah. we need to get into that Champions League. Oh, got to. Yeah. Got to. There's nothing like it, Barry, I would imagine. To play in the Champions League, what was it like? Uh, amazing um, that, that's where you want to play your, your football you're playing against the elite the, the big clubs but the, the players that you come up against are, are not just top players they're world class players the music playing when you come out to Ibrox uh, Champions League the flags flying yeah, yeah. here standing up the back of my net I used to love it it was it was um, no, uh, amazing amazing um, feeling playing in the Champions League so, Hibs against Rangers at the weekend in the women's football, Rob, just uh, 1-0 to Rangers, so a good win for them because Hibs have got a really good track record. Celtic uh, beat Spartans 1-0, Motherwell lost 3-0 at home to Glasgow City, who've won it so many times, and 4 for Farmington 3, Hearts women 0. Yep, those are the results, uh, good to have them. 
Indeed. So for Thursday night for Serbia, Rob, what's the latest news from the Serbian camp then? You mentioned it in the first hour. We're yeah. getting ready for the match itself and they've got problems. Yeah, they do. It's quite a confused situation with Serbia because there was this initial expectation that there might be quite a few key players missing uh, from a Scotland point of view uh, for the opposition on, on Thursday night. But the, the bad news is that uh, Alexander Kolarov, we know him uh, from his Man City uh, days, uh, he's based in Italy as is Sergei Milinkovic Savic two really good players two key players in the team uh, they have reached the Serbian training camp so no such problems for them there are a couple more like Milinkovic and Vlahovic who are also based uh, in Serie A uh, who haven't made it yet so so there, there's quite a lot to be sorted out in terms of uh, who is available for that starting lineup for Serbia on uh, Thursday and of course the, the Scotland news is that Ryan Fraser is out that's a big blow he was a certain starter I'm sure Grant Hanley's out as well. He would have been very much a squad member. So 25 names left in the, the squad. But uh, there's no doubt that that is a blow for Scotland, Ryan Fraser. Serbia start as favourites. Uh, how good are they? Well, you just need to look at the squad and the, the level uh, the, the players are, are playing at. They're, they're playing with big clubs and um, big leagues. So you, you know you're going to bump against it. That, that, there's no doubt in my mind that they're, they're a quality team. Um, but I, I've just got a sneaky feeling I, I, I'm I'm confident that we can go here and, and, and get something I, I don't know what it is I, I just like the way that the guys are going about their business under Stevie Clark I just like the way he manages um, I feel there's a real a real togetherness with this Scotland squad um, Can a club feel coming? Yeah, uh, yep, you, you could say that um, but if you look through our squad there's real good quality in our squad as well. There's guys that are playing at the the, the, t- the top level, um, and the performances I think are gradually getting better. You can see them that they're getting to know each other. They're, they're getting to know the system that the manager plays. Um, so, look, there's no doubt it's going to be a tough task, but I think I'm quietly confident we can get something. When I'm looking at a squad, I, I automatically look at the name in brackets after the name uh, to, to find the clubs. And, and that, yep. you look through that Serbian squad, and as Barry says, you know they're sprinkled around some yep. of the top clubs in Europe. But look around the Scotland squad, and you see Man United and Arsenal as part of the back three, mm-hmm. Liverpool yep. at left wing back, uh, John McGinn of Aston Villa in the midfield, mm-hmm. Rangers and Celtic players in there as well. So th- I think there's been a shift in that Scotland squad from the time where there were quite a lot of champions English Championship teams in brackets after the name there's now a lot of top Premier League in England and certainly Premiership in Scotland Yep, got to agree when you see a shift and now players are desperate to turn up you should be desperate to turn up anyway but this group of players um, Not many call-offs that's a good point No, there's not many call-offs but again I think that comes down to the manager and the the, the coaching staff I think what you try to do is as you said Paul he's trying to create a club sort of atmosphere and you, you kind of sense that when the guys are doing interviews and you just the prime example is when you watch them play they're playing for each other they're not playing as individuals and that's a great thing to have and you can see slowly but surely the confidence is starting to build and as Rob says you go through that Serbia team they're playing in big leagues at big clubs but you look at our squad as well you've got big players that are playing at big clubs so You've got the guys have. There's no reason why they should go over there, not confident they can get a result. 
No, I think bearing in mind the, the results we've had and the improving performances we've had as well, because uh, there was a there was a time where you you would be watching Scotland from behind the sofa, really ideally, uh, because it not was that th- long ago. No, absolutely yeah. not long ago. So that has that has changed very recently, and I, and I love the fact that Stevie yeah. Clark has stuck to his yeah. beliefs. Well, see, when when Gordon Strachan was in charge, I was desperate to watch Scotland. I really enjoyed watching Scotland under Gordon Strachan. It's been a tough watch the last couple of years. There's no doubt about it. Since Stevie Clark's come in, I think that's come back again. We're, we're all desperate to watch and see how he sets up. And one thing you'll get with Steve Clark is we'll be tough to beat. Um, I played in many of Scotland teams that were, were like that. Maybe no great to watch in the eye, but we don't concede a lot of goals. And when you don't concede a lot of goals, you've always got a chance of winning a game. And we have got players that can damage teams. There's yeah. no doubt about it. One of the teams you missed out and they've hit the top at the weekend, Southampton's. Stuart Armstrong, indeed, yeah. uh, that's right. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. incredible, incredible. What's I, happened? If you were, if you were being told that there was a team at the top of the English Premier League with a German manager, yeah. uh, you would have gone for another one, I think, not yeah, Southampton. Yeah. But yes, I mean Stuart Armstrong scored a great goal at the weekend. Yeah. So th- there's, as you say, Paul, there's another player bang on form. Well, I, I watched the game again <laughs> against Newcastle, and he, he was. Do you ever sleep at all? No. I, <laughs> Did you get speak? Did you speak to your wife at the weekend? Not really. <laughs> not really. I, I just no. like watching football. I, I like seeing how teams set up. And yeah. Southampton are a great watch. Mm-hmm. That they're yeah. real good football. It's got them really team. well organised. Yeah, and yeah. fully energy. But yeah. Stuart Armstrong just yeah. looked a different yeah. player. He was playing on the right side, but he was coming in a wee bit. But he was excellent. And capped it off. Capped a great performance off with a goal. Barry was out shopping with his wife on Friday. Yeah, as we mentioned in the, the program. Yeah. He likes to organise. So that's. Good. We're organised for Christmas now. Good. Did you get some football yeah. on your phone while you were out shopping, maybe? <laughs> no, it was in the morning. Ah, right, it was okay. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> are you organised for tomorrow night? We're going back to the international in a moment or two, but are you ready with your preparations for the the, the match tomorrow against Peterhead? Yeah, I've done a bit of prep um, last night and a bit this morning, then I'll, I'll finish it off and I'll decide um, my team later on tonight. Mm. David Marshall is the goalkeeper for Scotland, we would imagine, Thursday night. Obviously, yeah. uh, Gordon played really, really well for Hearts uh, in the Cup semi-final. Is there a... Is it going to be David Marshall? Though? Yeah, it's got yeah. to be, Paul. I think yeah. it's got to be David Marshall um, because he's done nothing wrong and he's, he's done plenty right uh, for Scotland. And and it's, it's about the unit as well. It's about communication, isn't it? It's about his knowledge of playing with the guys that have been around him uh, in the last few games. I mean, the, the great thing for Scotland is there's really stiff competition now because Craig Gordon uh, doesn't want to just be back in the squad. He wants to be back in that team ideally. And you can see in the way he's playing at the moment mm. that, that that's absolutely what he's after. After. But David Marshall, uh, whatever hap- is happening for him at club level, uh, can't be shifted at the moment, Barry, because of his international form. Yeah, I agree with you, Rob. Um, look, he, he's going through. A, a, I don't think his performances have been bad for Derby. Uh, they're just losing games. Um, but his performances for Scotland, I, I think he's looked. He's looked great. He looks solid and assured. And I can understand a bit of the clamour with, with Craig Gordon because again he's, he's come back and he's playing fantastically well for, for Hearts but I, I'm with you I think you've got to keep David Marshall but you've got two guys there that are desperate to, to get his place and, and, and Craig Gordon and Joe McLaughlin Headlines this morning though were with Rangers eight goals against Hamilton Aki Stephen Gerrard I think it was really strong uh, from start to finish. We asked the lads to play with energy uh, and intensity, especially on the back of Thursday night. We didn't want any excuses or we've been travelling or, you know, after the Thursday night. We started really strong. I made five changes and I managed to make five subs as well. So I'm really pleased with everyone's contribution today. It was a really strong win. 
there was no sign that they'd played in Lisbon for you know a very tough 90 minutes and the journey back there was none of that no and, and that's the beauty of having a, a big and a strong squad that you can go and make five changes and it doesn't seem to derail the the way that they, they play every single game so um, that that's the reason why he's built that that's the reason why he made some um, big signings in the in the summer there's a real um, appetite there's a real um, confidence flowing through that, that Rangers team uh, so things are looking good but do you know what I keep going back to it it's still really early I don't think this I don't think the manager I don't think this group of players are going to get carried away It was some response as well to what Celtic had done in the, the earlier kickoff yesterday Celtic were back with a with a 4-1 a thumping win at Fir Park against Motherwell making a statement on the back of what happened against Sparta Prague and then Rangers proceeded to wipe the floor with Hamilton Yeah and there's uh, look the Rangers players would have watched that game they would have come in a bit early and, and seen that mm, right Celtic they, they would have believed that Celtic would have went to, to Fir Park and, and won the game and as I said, you just need to look at the, the 45 minutes. As I, I've repeated, that I thought Celtic were, were excellent. They were back to form again. Um, so, again, with Celtic winning, it always puts a bit of pressure on you, but Rangers responded in the right manner. I think that was, you know, the players, you know, their motivation was high today. They know that they can play a lot better than what they showed, and you've seen that today. And it's not just about levels. I still think we can, you know, make inroads in Europe, maybe not qualify, but certainly put in, you know, performances that they're capable of which we didn't do on Thursday so we had a few choice words with them and it needed to be said but they responded brilliantly and um, you know we looked far more like ourselves you know there's no question that Really pleased for, for Neil Lennon um, that he got the answer he was looking for. He, he is the man. I mean, there have been all sorts of doubters about uh, who might be his successor as manager. Lots of Celtic fans wanting him out under major pressure on the back of that result in the Europa League uh, last Thursday. Uh, but that was more like Celtic yesterday. And there's a whole lot more to come from them as well. Look at Odson Edouard. There's so much more to come from him. Elianusi, if he can keep on doing what he's doing. Tom Rogic is on top form. Ryan Christie, Scott Brown, the, the pivotal figure in the middle, Callum McGregor doing his stuff. If Celtic can get themselves organised defensively, get some players back in the course of the international break, uh, they can look at clawing back that gap, that the, the nine points they're behind Rangers. Yeah, there's no doubt that Celtic are going to come back fighting. Um, you, you've seen that with the, the performance they gave. And the manager, he's been through it as a player. He knows the demands and the expectations on him. Um, he knows it as a manager and he knows he's going to come under um, criticism if they don't win games of football um, he's been in the game long enough he's no daft Neil Lennon so he would have wanted that response and he got the response there's no doubt about it anybody that says that their players are not playing for him um, are watching a different game for me they're just going through a tough time in terms of they're not playing at the levels that they're, they're capable of doing um, but there's no doubt in my mind that the Celtic players went out on Sunday and gave the manager everything they had. And after the international break, he'll be back, Rob. Rangers against Aberdeen that weekend on the Sunday. Hibs against Celtic. Could hardly two, be better, isn't it? No, yeah. two, two absolutely cracking games. Because Jack Ross is really angry about Hibs on Friday night. Um, Aberdeen are on a high as they go to Ibrox. But this is going to be a massive test for them. Yes, they're playing well, but they're playing high-flying Rangers. And Rob, you'll be here tomorrow night with yep. Darren Adee. And Craig Moore. Yep, absolutely. Looking forward to that. We'll do it all over again for two hours tomorrow night. Thanks, Rob. And Barry, good luck tomorrow. We'd say the same to Cy. What's your prediction? 
I've, I've got uh, to go with Kelty Hearts to win the yeah. game. Kelty Hearts against Peterhead tomorrow night. Thanks so much, Barry. We're back tomorrow at five. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go.